Think for a second. When's the last time God answered your prayer? Was it the apartment that you were hoping to get? Was it the job? When's the last time God answered your prayers? I remember one time God answered my prayers. It was in Kings County Hospital. And my mom was going for a surgery and things went really bad. And me and Pete were there. I would say, that's not our mother. Something's going on. And they were trying to shoo us away. Remember Pete? And we were like, okay. And then we left, but we didn't leave. And then boom, she caught a heart attack right in front of us. And I remember praying, God, not like this. Nobody's here. Nobody's here. Then they said she had stage four cancer. But you know, that saint lived an extra year and a half. We had celebrations with her. We had parties with her. And then I remember it was a Monday. Jimmy was like, oh, the doctor says she's going. And I left work. I remember I was running on Adams Street, right? You ever been downtown Brooklyn? There was all these taxis, and I was trying to open the doors. And they were like, ah, I'm Because I wasn't even asking at that point. You know, I was just trying to get in. And again, and then she lived all the way to Friday. People came from Philadelphia, from Texas, from different parts. People who have been in church for a long time. God answered my prayers. We were looking for an apartment. We were at Bed-Stuy, do or die. And it was looking a lot like dying, right? <laughs> we were like, we, we need a new apartment. Yes. And, and, and my aunt goes to this one beauty salon uh, in Bay Ridge Avenue. And I look, I said, I like this place. I like this place. I was going around with my business, my little work business card. Like, I'm looking for an apartment if you know anybody, right? And I was praying. And then sure enough, like eight months later, we got an apartment up the block from the beauty salon. I should have prayed at 92nd Street. No, I'll be praying. And God answered our prayers. Yes, he did. Different jobs. Yes. I have a whole row of answered prayer. My family here. Thank you, Jesus. My father's here. Yes. Wearing a summit sweater. <laughs> my sons are here. God's blessing my sons. With opportunity, Eddie got an email from the program that he was a part of. They want to talk to him, and he's thinking he wants to be a consultant. <laughs> my son. My sons have LinkedIn accounts before me. <laughs> Amen. Me either in a modeling agency on Monday, and it's a good chance that this Baba Lang might be a model. <laughs> all those, you know, face creams and all that, Jim worked. Amen. <laughs> God's answered my prayers. Yes. God's answered some of your prayers. Yes. And we want to stay in that vein. Today's sermon title is The Audacity of Prayer. Praying with chutzpah and expectancy. Oh. Stay in the same vein with Pastor Raymond. Pastor Raymond killed it last week, right? Woo! Yes. So the super big idea, right? Somebody said, what was the sermon about? This is it. The super big idea. God has called his sons and daughters to pray with boldness and expectancy. So we can live a life connected to the Lord and that many of our loved ones can be safe and saved. And I thought we were saying, we want our loved ones saying, safe and saved. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Hutzpah speaks about the confidence to ask God for what is truly on God's heart and our heart. 
Expectancy is simply the deep-rooted belief that God is going to move in response to our faithful and fervent prayers. In essence, is believing God is going to do what he promised he would do. Expectancy differs from presumption. We should never be presumptuous in our prayer. Presumption is the idea that God is obligated in some way to give me what I pray for if that's not in line with God's will. Sometimes we've got to spiritually read the room. You ever been in a meeting and somebody brought up something mad random? And I'm like, oh, what are you in my room? <laughs> Stay in the vein, brother. What are you doing? God loves to answer prayers for his expected children. Too often, our prayers are carried out with minimum effort or reflection. Somebody said when you pray for, like, you know, when you're in the drought, you pray for rain, dig, dig the ditches. Show God you believe the rain is coming. We should pray and expect God to move and have the eyes open because God moves in different ways. You remember that cool story that uh, this man was lost in ocean? And he was like, God, save me, God, save me. And then there was like, a, a, like an aircraft carrier that passed. There was a fisherman boat that passed. And they, and they were like, you need help? And no, God, save me, save me. And God was like, I send the boats. <laughs> you should have went in the boat, Papa. <laughs> and there's another thing that says, like, what, two guys were in a boat, and it was like, they were lost in the ocean. And one guy said, we got to pray. And one guy said, we got to row. And then they decide, you know, why don't we pray and row? <laughs> pray, row, pray for the winds, and row your oars. So I'm going to be reading a, a, a story out of Genesis chapter 18. And I sent you guys yesterday kind of like the biography of Abraham. And it's important to know um, Abraham's role in the covenant. And so if you go to this really good website, I love BibleSummaries.com. If you have an Amazon Kindle, get Bible Summaries. It's a book where they take a tweet. You ever heard of Twitter? And it's 160 characters, like spaces and letters. And he, this dude, he summarized every chapter in the Bible in 160 characters, right? A few sentences. So he describes Genesis 18 like this. Three visitors came and said to Sarah, you will have a son next year. Sodom was very evil. Abraham pleaded with the Lord for the city. Now according to blueletterbible.com, he says in Genesis chapter 18, God appears to Abraham, Abraham in the plains of Mamre near Jerusalem where Abraham was. So Abraham was called out of, Abraham and his family were called out of Iraq, right? They, they first were from Iraq. Abraham's father, Jewish commentary and legend says, his name is Terah, T-E-R-A-H-H, and he was Nimrod's favorite. He used to help Nimrod, and he used to make religious um, idols for Nimrod, and he was also, you ever heard of the soldiers in China that's like um, statues, right? And they used to intimidate people. He used to make those, right? And, then, and they thought that they could do like witchcraft and the soldiers could come to life. So terror was a big time guy. Now Jewish commentary in this thing called Midrash, right? Those are, those are like um, verbal additional commentary to text. And Jewish Midrash was saying that Terra, uh, Nimrod was scared of babies, of boys. He, he wanted to keep his um, position. 
you know, we know the stories, different stories. They would kill their own sons or what have you. And so one day there was a star, like a shining star. And all the astrology people was like, oh, green out, somebody was born. That's going to that's gonna be very powerful in the kingdom. So he went killing the boys. And um, Terah had a son, it was Abraham. And he was hiding him in the cave. And then he killed all the boys. And then Terah found out about Abraham. And then they had to hide, right? And somehow Terah had an impression to go to this place called Canaan. And Canaan is like the greater Jerusalem area. And he had an impression, but he stopped halfway, right? He stopped at what's now Turkey. You know, some of you are guys going to call you to do certain things that God put in your parents' hearts. Yes. And you're going to run with the vision. And so Abraham, God calls him in Genesis 12 and says, like, Abraham, leave your family and come on this journey with me. Now, God was trying to build a bloodline of people, a tribe of people that he himself would come through to redeem mankind and redeem the cosmos. Amen. And so Abraham was like, all right. But Abraham, his per the permissive will got in the way of perfect will because Abraham brought his nephew Lot. Mm. God said, leave your family. See, there's a time and there's certain aspects of your faith that you can't include people who don't understand. That's true. There's certain aspects of your career. If I explain to you all the behind-the-scenes things of the DOE, some of you will be very disenfranchised. <laughs> and same thing with your job. If Knowledge shared all the behind-the-scenes of higher ed, I would be confused. If PD shared behind-the-scenes of dealing with the homeless community, yes. we, may, we, 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 we don't have the understanding, the depth of knowledge to understand the nuances of the situation, right? And so God said, leave your family, but he brought his nephew. There's certain areas in our life that we're making deals with God and it's stopping us from being God's perfect will. Because the nephew was the source of drama. And so we have to remember. So, so Abraham, Abraham gave last life, and Lot was like, like they certified each other. That's my cow. No, that's my cow. That's my boss's cow. That's my boss's sheep. And they were fighting. So then they said, let's split up. And Abraham had an oy vey headache. And he was like, where do you want to go? This, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? So then Lot, the young nephew, was just like, mm, I want to go there by the water. I want to go there by the city. I want to go there where it's popping. I want to go there where it's clubs. Right? He said, I want to go there. Stop. So Abraham says, bet that goes. Like, you know, and, and so Abraham, he goes. And then one time, um, there was these kings. They would beat up Sodom. It was all politics. They had, Sodom had tar pits. And these other kings wanted the tar pits. So, you know, people still fight over oil today, still fight over stuff today, right? And so Abraham got 318 soldiers to fight to defend Lot. And after he, he beats these kings to get Lot, he meets what people say is a Christophany, a king of Salem named Meshuzedek. Don't try to spell it. Just trust God. Right? And so, and some people say that's a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. And so he gives them a tenth of all. And then what, what, what does this king does? He, he, he shares wine and bread, like kind of a prophetic picture of communion. So this is the first time Abraham had to rescue Lot. And then Lot stays over there. You know, sometimes we have family members. They don't really want to get better, right? So he stays inside them. And now God is meeting with them, and he's dealing with Sarah with something, and he's meeting with them, and let's jump into the story. Genesis 18, verse 16 through 33. Genesis 18, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 
Then the men, so this men, it was two angels, and it was, uh, it was the, the angel of the Lord, and some people say it's Jesus, right? Then these men from the meal, got up from the meal and looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them and sent them on their way. And before this, Abraham went to a big extent to host them. That's why hospitality is such an important thing. All right. And then, so Abraham went with them, sent him on the way. Should I hide my plans from Abraham, the Lord asked. Ooh, God likes to share his plans with those he loves. For Abraham would certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he would direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I am going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Here it goes. Abraham approached them and said, will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sake? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why would uh, you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, if I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again. Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am of dust and ash. Supposedly there are 45 righteous people rather than 50. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy the city if I find 45 righteous people. Then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only 40. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of 40. Right, please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Then Abraham says, since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me. If I speak one more time, suppose only 10 people are found there. And the Lord says, then I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way and Abraham returned to his tent. All right. So we see here, Abraham is praying. Jewish readers will see this is a classic case of Jewish chutzpah. Rabbi Freeman defines chutzpah as kind of a cosmic attitude, as though there is nothing really stopping you from doing whatever you want. Mm, mm. Remember, Abraham was born, and there was some stuff with the stars. And if you have any Jewish friends, they say Mazel Tov, right? And that means something with the stars, right? Uh, happy stars that you'll be you will be under situations of happy stellar imperative. Right? So Abraham was born, there was like a stellar imperative behind this narrative, and he's coming and he's talking to God, and he has chutzpah. 
because he loves his nephew. He loves his crazy nephew. And he has this relationship with God that allows him to bargain with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for his nephew, his, his nephew's wife, and their children. So let's look at something. First thing we see is God shares Abraham his plans. One thing I want to say is God has a beautiful plan for your friends and family. They might not have a perfect life, but he has a perfect will for their life. Amen. So just know, you have to know in your heart that you may have a, a loved one in your, in your heart right now. You're like, I don't know about, you don't know this person, Pastor. This person is bad. <laughs> There's nothing impossible for God. Amen. They might not serve God like you. Right. They might not come as much as you come or give as much as you give or read as much as you read. Yeah. But God has a plan for their life. Amen. Jesus died for everybody. Amen. Second thing we see is Abraham drew near to God. So there's two other men leave and Abraham drew near. We have to draw near to God for the sake of our loved ones. Mm -hmm. Now what's that look like? How many of you will be tired after work? How many of you will be frazzled at work? <laughs> and maybe some of us, we need to put an alarm at one o'clock or two o'clock. Pray for one at one, pray for two at two. Pray for three at three. I don't know what that looks like in your life but you have to draw close. People have not because they ask not. I am a result of a stubborn mother's prayers. You are looking at the manifestation of Cookie's composition notebook, praying for me and Pete over and over, claiming the promises, claiming the promises, anointing our pillows. Probably wanted to break out Nintendo. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Anointed our pillows. Putting flyers in our book bag. Buying us the biggest Bible the bookstore had. My Bible was so big. Let me tell you how big my Bible was. Oh, I have one Soldier Boy, tell him. My Bible. You can't even pick it up. Was this big. <laughs> and my Bible. Had a flap and a handle. <laughs> it was a briefcase. My Bible had a handle right here. It was leather. Had a flap. When you opened it, it was like a chopper keeper. I had a, a notes, like a notepad right here. Had a part for your pen. And I had a part for your business card, just in case you were a traveling preacher and you wanted to get a bookie. Right? At one time, <laughs> I opened my Bible. In the notebook, I started drawing stick, pics, stick pictures of people in the church. <laughs> he was laughing like that, and we were asked to leave the sanctuary. <laughs> but I was acting like that. I was acting like a fool. I got kicked out of church like twice, kicked out of a youth group. I'm the only one, very proud to say I'm the only one ever kicked out, right? That's why, I'm, that's why I have so much grace for y'all. Y'all be doing me dirty sometimes. But I got grace because I knew how bad I was. <laughs> So we, we, eat, we have to draw near. We have to pray the price for our loved ones' breakthrough before they break down. Oh, 
And then he pleads with God based on God's own character. This is why you have to pray and study the Bible for the rest of your life. Because we have to start understanding God's character. It's like my wife, right? When we got married, I like to settle things right away. When there's a problem, we're going we're to go to the table. We're going to have a negotiation. We're going to figure it out. She likes space. So uh, we would get into a situation, and I'd be like, can we talk about it? And she's like, not now. I'd be like, now? Can we talk about it now? How about now? How about, and I was making the situation worse. And I had good, I had good negotiation points. <laughs> Reciprocal. She was about to get blessed. I was about to eat some humble pie, right? But I didn't understand because I didn't know her character. Yeah. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know her character. And so when we begin to know God's character, it shapes the way we Pray. Can I hear an amen? amen? And then we have boldness mixed with humility. We see here when he's saying like, Lord, don't be angry with me. Lord, may I be so bold to speak. Listen, we have to keep praying. Yeah. It gets tiring. Doesn't it get tiring yeah. to pray for that same prayer over and over? But now he doesn't get tired. This is the challenge. You have to keep praying it with expectancy. Yeah. This is when we mess up. I'm saying me. This is why I mess up. I'm still praying for wah, 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 say their name, right? But sometimes my expectancy is low, and I'm just saying words. I'm not tapping into the frequency. I'm not tapping into the vibration. I'm not tapping into the channel, right? You can't listen to 99.1 if the dial's on 96.5. Well, some of you, 97.1, right? <laughs> so, but so I have to be dialed in. And so understanding the nature of God, understanding the covenants of God, understanding the overarching arching picture of the word of God and Jesus' mandate and mission and commission and commandments aligns my prayers and then I have to be fueled my prayers with expectancy and with faith and with hope and I have to have my hands off the details. That person might not get saved on Easter. They may get saved watching Joe Osteen at night when they have a hangover. I, have, I can't control the narrative. I can only control the petition. Now this part is kind of crazy. But this is for some of y'all, not for all y'all. Some would say it's a pity that Abraham acts for so much, but just stop before he acts for enough. What if Abraham had said just one person? We get tired. We don't want to be that guy. <laughs> There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14 through 17. And the prophet Elijah, he's old. And this is king. And the king's like, yo, we're going to lose this battle. These, these enemies of God are all around us. We're going to lose. And in the Old Testament, a lot of their vitality and rigor and victory was dictated on their obedience to the covenant. And so Elijah says, open the east window. And Elijah said, shoot. So he did. And Elijah said, the arrow symbolizes the victory the Lord will give you over Syria. 
And if you go to verse 18 and 19 in that chapter, he says, take the arrows, he did. He says, strike the ground. And he struck the ground three times and stopped. The prophet got angry at him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have annihilated your enemy. See, I want to say, don't just pray for one, beloved. Pray for that whole crazy bunch of people in your family. Mm, don't stop at one. Wow. Pray for all of them. Don't just stop at a job. Pray for good credit. Pray for, for an emergency, a, a savings plan. Pray for prosperity. Pray for that car. Pray for that apartment. Pray for that vacation. Yeah. Just make sure it doesn't become an idol. Yeah. And so for some of us, we don't pray enough. And then we get mad when God blesses other people who've tapped into this promise. We get mad at other people who've learned to ask. We get mad at other people with chutzpah. We get mad at other people that live with a sense of expectancy. All right, I'm done. God reveals his plans to his servants. God values the role of an intercessor. And God listens as we plead for the souls of others. So this is your homework. Think of one to three people that you want them to see get closer to God. You want them to see get a breakthrough. And in your own words, I'm not gonna make you do it now. Other, other churches do it on the spot and I don't want you to regret it. In your own words, text them later this week or today and say, my church is really emphasizing on prayer and we're praying for each other and praying for our loved ones. How can we pray for you? And then share it with me and share it with P and Kenny and we'll, we'll tap in with you. We'll believe God with you. Because you can't, it's hard to talk to people about God unless you talk to God about those people. And so that's your homework today. Get a hit list of people. Remember Pastor Raymond was saying, get a list of people. Mommy said, get a picture and put, put a promise scripture over that picture. Believe God for the salvation, for the breakthrough, and a blessing and protection over your whole entire family. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We love this story. It's a mystical story. We can't say we completely understand it, but we want to draw closer to you. We want to pray for our loved ones. We have loved ones in Sodom and Gomorrah situations, in bad situations, in lifestyle situations, in situations of despair, in situations of drugs, in situations of, of abuse, of alcohol, in situations of depression. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will urge us to pray. And I pray that we will follow the leading and prompting. Give us a list, Lord. Put a list in our heart. And I pray that we will, we will knock on your door nonstop. We will ask, we will seek, and we will knock. Lord, as the pastor of this church, I lay my heart bare. Even if they don't go to this church, Lord. Even if they don't go to this church. Even if they go to uh, the church by their house. It doesn't matter, Lord. We just want them to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.